Welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. Today you will be hearing a message from our very own Pastor Richard D. Dawes, entitled, Remain in Unity. There is plenty of prosperity for all of us. In today's message, he speaks about how God will bless us in the midst of our trials and tribulations. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are empowered and equipped by today's message. All right. Yeah, I know you have your Bibles. Go ahead and turn me to the book of John, chapter 16 and verse 13. The book of John, chapter 16 and verse 13. While you're turning there, let's proclaim the vision of Overcomers Christian Center. Ready, begin. To empower the body of Christ to fulfill their God-given vision and to equip the body of Christ to become self-sufficient, as was done in early church, according to Acts chapter 4 and verse I want you to look at John 16 and 13. Before we get there, I want to give you just a quick background as to what was happening at this particular time. Jesus was talking to his disciples about his departure. Some of the disciples were not happy in what Jesus said when it came to his departure. But Nevertheless, he said, it's good for you that I go away. And if I go away, I'm going to send you what he considered a helper. And I believe truly he knew that we needed help, first of all. He would not send a helper to people who don't need help. And I and I thank God he sent a helper because, in 20, you know, Jesus was in his natural body alive a long time ago. So... He did not plan on living up to this particular day in 2018. So we said in 2018, I know that the believers in Overcomers Christian Center are going to need a helper. They're going to need somebody that's going to go with them when they go to work, when they do business adventures, when they ride down the highway. They're going to need somebody to help them ride down the highway. Not when things are going good. I'm talking about when drivers around you and going all doing all types of things, you need a helper. When you get stuck in traffic, you need a helper. You when you're shopping, you need a helper. When you're studying the scriptures, the most important word and words in the in the Bible, you need a helper to help you understand them. So he said they needed a helper. So he was discussing that with them. And so he goes on to say something in verse, I want to pick up something in verse 12 before I get to 13. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. It let me know then that he had many truths, many facts, many godly truths he was going to share with his people, but they needed, he said, I couldn't do it all at one time. One of the reasons I believe he couldn't do it all at one time is because I don't think my, this is my personal opinion. They could handle all the truths that he wanted to give to them at that particular time. And so what he says, what I'm going to do is, verse 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Notice this, and, and let me verify something right here, because I, I may not discuss this later, but I want to, let me clarify something right here when it says all truth. All truth is going to be what is relevant in your life for all truth. Whatever situation you run across in your life, Jesus has truth for it. Because your truth may not be necessarily my truth. What I deal with, you may not necessarily deal with. So you need to know all the truth that comes up in your life. And that's good news for me. That means that whatever I deal with, Jesus got truth for it. Whatever situation I run across, Jesus got truth for it. Now, you say, Pastor, does he have truth for my situation? Yes. He's got truth for your situation. He's got truth for my situation. He's got truth for your neighbor's situation. God has truth for every situation that comes up in your life. And so, therefore, I may get the truth or something revealed to me. You say, well, Pastor Dodd, that's wonderful, but how can that help me? Don't worry. God has truth for your situation, too. And that's good to know. Because you can get a lot of information, but it may not help you. But it's good to know that God has specific truth 
for your life. Specific truth about your children. Specific truth about your finances. Specific truth about your well-being. Specific truth about the way that you think, the way that you talk, and the way that you act. Specific truth just for your life. And he goes on to say this. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Based on what I've just read to you, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this topic. The Holy Spirit will keep us from being moved so easily. The Holy Spirit will keep us from being moved so easily. Father, open up your word to us tonight to receive your word tonight. We know we're hungry and thirsty after righteousness. And since we are, we know we're going to be filled. We bind the enemy right now, cast them out. Thank you for your anointing and your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. The spirit of truth is synonymous with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals himself in different ways depending on our particular need. We read in John 16 and 7, he is a helper. But we also know through other scripture that he is a comforter. He is what we need at that particular time. From this scripture, I want you to notice the goal of believers. In John 16 and 13, he will guide you into all truth. So he wants every believer to know truth. Every believer to know truth. And again, what is true in my situation? What is true about my job? What's true about my relationship? What's true about my family? What's true about my business? What's true about my job? What is true in my current situation? And truth is what is true under any circumstance, that which is free from falsehood, deceit, or deception. It is a godly fact. So truth is what is true under any circumstances concerning my situation. When it comes to my situation, when he says, give and it shall be given unto me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, that's true no matter what my finances look like. It is but it's free from falsehood, deceit, or deception. The enemy comes in to steal, to kill, and destroy. And one of the things I cannot allow him to do is to deceive me when I know that God is my Lord and my Savior. It is a godly fact. And the reason I put godly fact because I, by talking to so many people in my, in my line of work, people have different ideas of what facts are. If you talk to a Buddha, they have an idea what a fact is. You talk to a Muslim, they have an idea what a fact is. So we want to make sure we stick with what Jesus believes and what Jesus knows and what we believe as godly facts. And it is our faith in the written and revealed word that affirms those facts. Somebody said, ask me a question one day. You, can you prove that Jesus rose from the dead? I was not there. I did not see it with my natural eyes. But I believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. I believe that he's alive right now. I believe he is still Lord of lords and King of kings. I believe that he's still a healer, a deliverer, a protector. And he is our prosperity. I believe that. Well, Pastor, can you prove it to me naturally? Can you take me to the grave where Jesus got up from? No, I can't take you to the place. I just believe that he said, he did what he said he did, what he, what he said he did. I believe that Jesus did. How do you know he did what he said he did? Because I see changed lives all around me. I see people who used to be this, that, and the other in a past life. But the, the Bible says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are new creatures in Christ. I see your life being changed. So therefore, you are new creatures in Christ, which proves to me that the resurrection is real. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe that he he lives right now. I believe that he can change his life for the better if we just believe in what he said. I believe it. I believe it. Pastor, you know, sometimes they say, well, you know, how can you believe this, that, and the other? I told them, listen, how many of y'all been to Australia before? They said, well, I've never been there before. Well, how do you know it's real then? If you never stepped on it, put your eyes on it, 
You believe because somebody told you. Well, I believe cause I believe in the Bible because I believe in what the Spirit of God has revealed to my spirit. Yeah, somebody told me because faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But you know what? Something resonated in my spirit that I believe what he said in his written and revealed words. And you have to believe that. Because sometimes you can't prove everything that God's going to speak to into your life. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. We keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, Jesus said, you're going to be healed. You don't feel like it. It don't certainly don't seem like it, but by faith, you believe it. God said, you're going to be, uh, you coming out of the, out of poverty into prosperity. You may not see it with your natural mind, but you believe it with, by faith. You may not see everything that God speaks into your life, but we believe it by faith. Faith. Thank God for faith. Thank God for faith. So he says this. I'm going to guide you into truth. So what's interesting about this in John 16 and 13, if we're going to find truth, that which is true under any circumstances, that which is free from falsehood, deceit, or deception, those godly facts, we've got to be guided. We've got to be guided. He says he will guide you into all truth. And I thought that's an interesting word. He said, I got to be guided. I I must be guided into all truth. I got to be guided. Guided means somebody's going to have to show me or indicate the way of something. Someone's got to show me the way. Love what Jesus said. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I I love the fact that someone's got to assist me into on my way to the truth. I've got to get advice. I've got to get godly advice in order to receive the truth. Someone's got to teach me the way. I love that God give us shepherds after his own heart that will feed us with knowledge and understanding. Somebody got to guide me in the truth. I wish I could do it on my own. And there's some things you will be able to get on your own. But let me say this to you. You've got to be guided in the truth. And and for most of us, we need the spirit of truth that's going to guide us in to truth. That's why I love what John 8.32 says. Go to John 8.32 real quickly. Let's start at 31. If, then Jesus said to those Jews who believe him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Let me say this to you. When you abide in God's word, he is constantly guiding you into truth. He is constantly guiding you in the truth. And what's guiding you in the truth? The word of God. The word guides you in the truth. In fact, you will see some things with your natural mind that you will not be able to comprehend with your spirit. Excuse me. Excuse me. You'll see something with your spiritual mind. You can't comprehend with your natural mind. You can't comprehend everything that Jesus speaks into your DNA and into your spirit because he's going to give you some things that's going to go beyond your natural comprehension. He's going to give you some wisdom that, and knowledge and understanding that's going to help you in whatever you are dealing with. John 8, 32, it says that you should know the truth. And notice this, the more truth I know, being guided by the spirit of truth, it's going to make me free. Indicating that I wasn't, I was in bondage, some type of bondage before. But the more I let the spirit of God guide me, it took me to a place of freedom. Now I'm free to raise my hand. Now I'm free to give. Now I'm free to love you unconditionally. Why? Because he guided me to that place. I wasn't at that place, and I realized because he had to guide me, he had to lead me to that place, he had to show me that place. I can love you unconditionally because he guided me to a place of showing me how to love you. And everybody got to learn how to love. Well, yeah, I I love everybody, Pastor Dobbs. Oh, yeah, I know you love everybody. But sooner or later, you run across somebody where God's going to have to teach you how to love them. God's going to show you somebody in your life that God said, you know what? I want you to pray for person A or for person B. And when God showed you that, you can't say, well, you know what, God? I I love everybody, but I can't love that person. You know what Jesus said? He said over in, uh, I think it's 1st John, 3rd John, one of them, how can you love your brother whom you have? How can you love a God who you haven't seen and say you hate your brother who you see every day? You got to love regardless of what you think about it. But how do you get there? Somebody has to guide you into all truth. 
Because if not, you'll still be in a place of unforgiveness, a place of maybe of hate, maybe a place of saying, you know, I just don't like person A or person B. What did they do to you? Well, five years ago, they did this, that, and the other to me. Let me tell you something. If they did it five years ago, you got to let it go. Everybody say, let it go. We got to be in a position that we love God regardless of what we see, what we experience, and what we feel. You tell somebody else, you got to let it go. Oh, yeah, we got to let it go. We got to let it go. We got to let it go. And so we got to be guided. We got to be guided. And what we see from the text is that we can be guided, and I notice this, all godly truth or guided to partial truth. And I want to emphasize that you got to understand that we're talking about godly truth and not truth what the Muslims say, not tr- truth what Buddha say, not truth what other religions say. We've got to be guided to godly truth. Godly truth. It's got to be godly truth. Because sometimes when people uh, are experiencing truth, they need to understand that this is God's way of doing it. And we are governed by God's way of doing things. And when you are in a position and you're talking to person A or person B, don't let an individual take you away from godly truth. They can t- they, and, and see, some people in their mind, they'll think that they have the, tr- the way, the truth, and the life. But it won't be toward Jesus. And you got to know the difference between the two. You got to know when you're talking to somebody on the street who may be a Hebrew that you got to understand that, listen, that's not the way the godly truth. You need to understand what godly truth is and stick with Scripture. And if it don't line up with Scripture and the Holy Spirit be telling you, listen, it may sound good, but don't just don't fall for it. The Holy Spirit will say, no, don't do that. Don't listen to it. It sounds good, but don't fall for it. Yeah, I know you're going through a rough time, but don't fall for it right now. Don't fall for every lie. That the enemy will try to bring your way. You got to know the difference. You got to know godly truth. Godly truth. Because the enemy will try to also bring deception in your life. In the form of partial truth. It'll sound right, but it won't be right. Called partial truth. You remember when when, uh, Jesus was being tempted by the enemy? He gave him what? Partial truth. Listen, when Adam and Eve were going through and, and uh, uh, Eve was being tempted by the devil, she gave him, the devil gave Eve partial truth. You got to know when partial truth is coming your way because partial truth can deceive you. If not, it wouldn't. Listen, in the enemy wouldn't have brought it to Jesus. It showed enough got Eve and, and Adam when they were in the garden. Partial truth can mess you up. Partial truth can have you so close to your breakthrough, but you'll miss out on God. Partial truth will have you not being victorious when you're that close to a breakthrough. Partial truth can lead us into a bondage because it's newly mixed with our flesh or deception from the evil one. Partial truth. I thank God we don't have partial truth in this ministry. We believe in giving. We see the power of giving. We believe in prayer. We see the power of prayer. Listen, we just don't pray. We pray as the Holy Spirit leads us. And when we see bondage is broken, when we see lives change, we know our prayer is working. Good. Tell somebody our prayers are working. Tell, tell my prayer for you is working. No, say it like you really mean. Say it, my prayer for you is working. Tell them again, my prayer for you is working. And tell them this, I thank you for praying for me too. I thank you for praying for me too. I thank you for praying for me too. I could be in a lot worse shape than what I was if you wanted to pray for me. I might be in bondage right now if you wanted to pray for me. I might not be in church right now if you wanted to pray for me. I might not be healed right now if you wanted to pray for me. I might not have my heart's desire if you wanted to pray for me. So I thank you for praying for me. I thank you for praying for me. Woo, Shonda C. Tell your neighbor, thank you for praying for me. Mm. Yes, thank you for praying for us. Other forces, let me say this to you, will also try to guide you. So you must be made sure, you must make sure that you are guided by the spirit of truth. If we're going to have more intimate relationship with Jesus, we must be guided by the spirit of truth. We must be guided by the spirit of truth. You see what he says in the text? He will guide you into all truth. Who's going to guide us into all truth? The spirit of truth. 
The Holy Spirit will anchor us in God to the point that we are firm, consistent, and established in him, and we are confident our work for him serves a purpose. We are steadfast and immovable. As we're continuing to be in God, it anchors our soul in the Lord. As we are constantly being being led by the Holy Spirit, as being shown the way, being assisted along the way. Give me, let me tell you something. Sometimes you need godly advice in order to overcome the obstacles that are coming your way. Lord, that anchors your soul in the Lord. Let me tell you, when you got advice that helps you and you see it working in your life, oh, that's kind of advice I want to go. I'm talking about no temporary fix. I'm talking about something that's going to last me more more than just 10 minutes, last me more than a week, last me more than a day. I thank God when Jesus deliver you, he, he, he knows how to keep you delivered. He knows how to keep you free. He knows how to keep you, amen, in his presence. God knows how to do it. That's why he constantly lead and guide us. Because sometimes I believe as we follow his leading, as we follow the spirit of truth guidance, it, it, it takes us away from carnal and fleshly desires more into a more spiritual state of mind. It, it, notice what it says here. We are anchored in God to be firm, consistent, and established in him. Now, Again, John 16 to 13, how bit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. And notice what it says. He will not speak on his own authority. The spirit of truth does not speak on his own authority. See, the spirit of truth is directed what to say and what to do by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And when he speaks... He has someone with the power and authority to back up what he says. Anytime someone with authority speaks, they got to have power to back it up. If somebody gave you the title of supervisor A, but you have no authority, no, no power with your authority, then you're really not a supervisor. If you can't tell, if, listen, if you got no bite in your, what you say, you're really not a supervisor. Don't you, aren't you glad that Jesus had authority? That when he bound the, by, by, when he said, devil, you bound up in the name of Jesus and I cast you out, he had authority to cast out devils. He had authority when he said, you're healed in Jesus' name. He had the power that sickness had to go in the name of Jesus. Isn't it good to know that when he's, the, the, the demons saw him and they said, you know what? Can we go into those swine that we see over there? He said, you can go over there and in Jesus' name, he had authority to cast those devils out. Oh God, well, you gotta have authority when you say that you're gonna do something that you need authority in order to do it. So when he's, he says this, for he will not speak on his own authority. He's speaking from the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He's speaking from the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That's why Isaiah 55 and 11 lets us know that God's word is true. Should go forth and not return unto him, boy. Go back, go to me to Isaiah 55 and verse 11. Isaiah 55 and verse 11. But see, when Jesus speaks, he needs to have authority. He don't need to be saying something. You Listen, that's why it's so important that when you hear what God says, you need to understand that he has authority to make it happen. If God says that you're going to be, listen, that he's doing exceedingly, abundantly above in your life, you need to know that Jesus got the power to make it happen. You need to understand that when Jesus says he's going to do something in your life, he's got the power and authority to make it happen. Isn't it good to know that when he says, cast that devil out, that he gives you authority and power to make it happen? Or you can be like the sons of Sceva when they came out and they saw, and, and when the devil got ready to come out, of, they said, Paul, I know, but, but who are you? And, and, when they didn't, and when they didn't know him, the, 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 the spirit inside of the person jumped on those sons of Sceva, and they left the place naked because they didn't have no authority to deal with that particular spirit. We got to know where the authority comes from. Isaiah 55 and 11. Reads as follows. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, 
but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Oh, you know, when God speaks a word, it's going to prosper what he sent it to. That's not a word. That, that's, that's authority right there. That's why it, when he said, let there be light in the book of Genesis, there was light, 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 light. And there is still light today. When he says, uh, let there be in the book of Genesis, that is happening right now. In Genesis chapter 1, when he spoke, it is happening right now. So when God speaks something in your life, it's going to happen. Listen, can't no devil stop it. Can't no, you can't even stop when God speaks something in your life. Because there's something that is ordained from the foundation of the world. God got the power, amen, to cause it to take place in our life. And if other states that it will accomplish what it pleases and cause us to prosper. And I call that back up. We can have confidence in as believers. When, when we get, God gives us that authority, it's back up. My God, it's some serious back up. Now, let's go back over to our text in John 16 and 13. Oh, don't you love this scripture? However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come. So we know that the spirit of truth, he is busy guiding us to all truth. He's not going to speak on his own authority. But I want you to notice something what he says here in this text. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears. Whatever he hears. Whatever he hears. The spirit of truth in us as believers hears divine instructions. Whatever he understands, whatever the spirit of truth perceives, whatever he discerns, whatever he learns, whatever he comprehends, when we yield to those instructions, it brings deliverance, protection, prosperity, and freedom from bondage. But when we disobey those instructions, we begin to see strongholds, hindrance. If we're not careful, we'll be moved out of the will of God. When when the Spirit of God hears, what is he hearing? He's hearing divine instructions. The Spirit of God is hearing divine instructions. It's not nothing natural. It's supernatural instructions he's hearing. And when we take heed to those instructions, it's going to change our life for the better. It's going to change our life for the better. It's going to cause us to receive deliverance. How many have been in a situation where you've heard a word from God and it caused your life to be better? When you heard a word like better is here and better is coming, did it cause your life to be better? When you heard a word like I give it a change in our living. Did it not make your life better? When you say that God wants to give you a heart's desire, did it not make your life better? I mean, God is giving us divine instructions. Divine instructions are much easier to follow than natural instructions. Because when you got divine instruction, that is a supernatural power of God. It's going to help you along the way. Natural instructions, you can do it on your own. And what's going to happen? What we read here earlier, strongholds, hindrances, if not care, you're going to move out of the will of God. Even, even Jesus had to deal with divine instructions when he was getting ready to go to the cross. Never, but you know what he ended up saying? But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Notice he had divine instructions to go to the cross at that particular time. It was divine. But notice he had helped divine authority in order for him to make that particular journey. So when he hears, the spirit of truth hears these instructions. When he hears them and he gets it from his authority, he speaks. Once the spirit of truth hears what he's supposed to convey, he speaks those in divine instructions, either directly to the individual or indirectly through his sent man or woman of God. He utters, he tells, he declares, he discloses the thoughts of God to the individual, either directly, directly or indirectly. So whatever he hears, that shall he convey 
to the believer. They were divine. They are supernatural instructions. Let me tell you something. God will give you instructions that will get you out of a dilemma that you're currently in. God will give you instructions. And, and, and let me say this to you. When you get the instructions, they'll give you peace that passes all understanding. You don't understand everything that God is speaking to you, but you know that's going to give you peace that passes all understanding. You know those divine destruction? God would take you to give an extra C to brother A or brother C. You're like, you know, you already gave, but after service, he'll say, slip $20 in brother A. And you'll, you'll do it. And you're like, God, you know what? I ain't got but $20. But you follow my instruction. And now, notice what God will do. He'll give you a good measure, press down, shaking together, and running over in your life. You'll go home and find a hundred sitting there waiting for you. But you got to follow divine instructions. Did he not tell Peter to go down to the, what, the place to fish and whatever you catch, pay your taxes and mine? They were divine instructions. Those divine instructions bless not only Peter, but bless Jesus too. They were divine instructions. Divine instructions will cause your life to be better. Divine instructions will get you delivered. Divine instructions will cause your body to be healed. I mean, God will tell you to do some, I mean, it may seem strange to everybody else, but it'll be divine instructions. Let me tell you something. Divine instructions will cause your life to be better. When we yield to those divine instructions, we can expect our life to get better in every area of our life. Families to get better. Marriages to get better. Single life to get better. Business ideas that will cause us to save money as well as make money. I like those odd ideas. I'm going to save money as well as make money. Business ideas. Not only, listen, God will tell you something, and it, it seem, it'll seem so profound, but you'll follow it, and then you'll find yourself saving hundreds of dollars when you follow his instructions. God knows how to save you money. People will be overlooking the very thing that you'll be doing and making money. Because they'll think it's silly. It's silly to man, but profound to God. It's right on time with God. He knows what he's doing. Don't he? In all of that, our job performance, God will give you insight into your job and you'll be saying and doing things that you say, we know I never thought about that before because God gave you divine instructions. And as a child of the most high God, you are entitled to divine instructions. And you need them. Oh God, somebody say, I need those instructions going to be real. Say, I need those instructions. Oh, I need those instructions. I need a divine instruction when it comes to my own car. I need divine instructions in my own household. I need divine instructions in my relationships. What is it that I need God to do? I need for him to help me with divine instructions. And so I need to, for when he hears, I need for him to speak into my spirit or speak through his man or his woman of God. To help me with what I'm dealing with. I need, I need my man or woman of God to hear from God. So in turn, they can give me those instructions. So in turn, when I go, when I leave 3193, when I ride down the road and I get back to my house and there's a dilemma facing me, I need divine instructions as to what to do. I don't need to do it within my flesh. My flesh can mess things up. My flesh can cause you to be upset with me. My flesh can cause things to get worse instead of getting better. I need divine instructions when I get back to my job tomorrow morning because there's, I left, when I left, there was a dilemma going on and I didn't know how to handle it. So I said, I'm just going to wait till God show it to me. And when I, when I get back the next day, God will give you something divine, supernatural. And when it comes to my school, you know, I'm, I'm, at, I'm dealing with this teacher and, and I, in my mind, the teacher don't like me. But all I really need is one instruction that will cause me to be in favor with that job, that teacher. Whatever it is, God will give you divine instruction. So whatever he hears, that will he speak. And when he speaks, I got to follow him. I got to follow him. And to thank God he gave me favor in my everyday dealings. Wherever I go, I have instructions from God. You don't need to go without divine instructions. Sometimes you just say something simple, hush. God, I don't mean 
that's not my motive of operation. I need to say something. He'll say, just be quiet for a moment. I have been in situations where I've listened to other people and got divine instructions. I've Sometimes I kept my mouth shut and learned, and that's how I learned and got better in my own situation. They were sharing ideas with one another, but that idea helped me to get better. It was divine. God will show you what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. It is divine. It is divine. It is divine. And when the spirit of truth reveals, that sometimes what the spirit of truth will, and all the time, let me say it to you, sometimes what the spirit of truth, when he reveals to you, will be challenging to our carnal, our fleshly desires. And when we allow him, the spirit of truth, to operate, it will give us power, ability, and strength to obey him despite those challenges. Let me tell you, so everything the spirit of truth reveals to you is not going to be pleasing to your flesh. It's not going to be pleasing to your carnal desires. It's not going to be pleasing. Spirit of God says, don't do this. And then, but see, in your mind, in your flesh, you want to. But he'll say no. He'll say no. But then again, when he tells you no, he gives you the power, he gives you the ability, and gives you the strength in order to obey him. And that is so important. Because if God going to tell you not to do something, he, better, he needs to give me power not to do it. Because if I want to do it, chances are in my mind, I want to do it. Because if I want to backhand somebody, it ain't because I, I, I'm feeling all just lovey-dovey. I'm feeling upset. I want to go to the backhand. So I need God just to grab. I need to say, God, he said, don't slap him. Don't, don't backhand him. You can't do that because you, you are. But you can't do that. You've got to. Listen, you could be angry, but sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You can feel certain things rising up in you, and, you, and the Holy Spirit will say, don't do it. Because it's not going to be always pleasing to your fleshly or carnal nature. You've got to allow Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. Because see, one thing about it, again, I, I emphasize this to you again. You ain't forgot how to do certain things. Just because you choose not to do it, don't mean you can't read on the internet how to do it. Don't mean your friends won't tell you how to do it. And don't mean that the stores ain't open for you to do it in. Oh, oh, I'll put it like this. They, your friends got the stuff that you want to do, but you choose not to do it. Your friends are doing it, but you can't do everything your so-called friends are doing. You've got to understand that the spirit of truth is leading and guiding us into all truth. He's definitely doing it. And the Holy Spirit has the power to help us to submit to his will. We have to choose to have a yielded heart to seek his righteousness so that his spirit can fill us based on Matthew 5 and 6. Let's go to Matthew 5 and 6. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. We have to learn how to hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. And when it's, and notice, for they shall be filled. It's a process you're always going through. It's always a process. And you must understand that God is only going to fill you with righteousness. He's not going to fill you with unrighteousness. Individuals, like we talked about earlier, some people have an idea of what peace is, but you got to know peace that passes all understanding. You got to know godly peace. Individuals sometimes, they want peace based on what somebody else does, but they don't want peace based on what scripture says. That peace comes from within. It's not, listen, you can't base somebody else's attitude on whether or not you got peace or not. Sometimes people look for our nation's leaders to bring peace in our lives. That just ain't happening. Let me tell you, I don't, I don't care who up in there. They will never be able to bring you godly peace. You, our job is to pray for them, and that gives us peace. He said, pray for those in authority. So what's my job to do? I'm going to pray for them. I don't like them, Pastor. He didn't ask you all that. He said, our job is to pray for them. I don't like my governor. It don't matter if you don't like your governor. You, our job is to pray for them. 
my job is to pray for those, and then I get peace in what I what they listen. Whether they do it or not, I still have peace. Whether they say it or not, I still have peace. Our peace doesn't come from outside individuals; it comes from our relationship with Jesus. And if you depend on somebody else to give you peace, you're going to be a sad person most of your life. Because peace does not come from outside. It comes from within. It comes from our relationship with Jesus. Now, the spirit of truth, I'm going to go back and read our scripture again. How be when he, the spirit of truth, has come. He will guide you. Notice what he's trying to get us to. Truth. Spirit of God is trying to get us to truth. But in order to get us there, we need to be guided. Every believer has to be guided in the truth. According to this text. I wish, no, I don't wish. I'm glad that God guides us, be honest with you. Because my guides will get you in trouble. I'm going to be real with you. If I ain't led by the Holy Spirit, in this case the spirit of truth, when two blind folks lead one another, we all going to fall in a big old ditch. And if you've never been stuck in a ditch before, naturally, you don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you're missing. Boy. I'm telling you right now. I've been stuck in a ditch before, and it seemed like it's easy to get out. No. I mean, you could be in a ditch. Like, if I just move a little bit more right here, I can get out of this situation. Nope. It ain't happening. You'll be spinning from here to... You call the record search and, and, and go and submit. Oh, we've been going to call the record search and go and get this thing over with. Because you know what? When they call you, say it's going to be an hour and a half, two hours. It's going to be $125, $150. Like, my goodness. <laughs> I'm gone by the time y'all get here. You sitting right there. <laughs> I mean, you sit right there. You ain't moving. But it's, that's what it is. When you try to guide, this is what a lot of us in the ditches in our spiritual life. Because we're following the wrong people. And, and they're going to lead you into Now, you may not be in the ditch today, but you follow the wrong people long enough. I got people say, yeah, you're right about that, Pastor. Listen to these folks up here that's shaking their head. They know. They have followed folks and ended up in the ditch. And I've been with y'all too, so I can't say nothing. And, and how many can admit, you ain't got to tell them what the ditch is, but how many can admit you've been in more than one ditch in your life? Look around. You ain't the only one been in more than one ditch. We ain't going to say how many we've been in, but that's okay. We'll just say that for another day. We've been guided. we got to be guided. But we got to be guided about the spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth can't do uh, not being on his own authority. So he can't speak unless he's being, somebody's giving him the authority to speak it in. Now, remember the spirit of truth, he's going to hear. What he's going to hear? Divine instructions. And when he hears those divine instructions, and let me, let me clarify something that we talked about earlier. Divine instructions for your personal life. All right? What's good for one person may not be good for another person. may be similar, but it won't be the same. We all need our own personal divine instructions. All right? Because I don't go where you go to work at. You work at that company. You need divine instructions to work on that company. You go to your house. You need divine instructions for your house. You need whatever your situation is, you need divine instructions for where you're at. That's why he said, I'm leading to all truth for your current situation. Thank God he does, doesn't he? He's not basing upon anybody else, basing on what he's leading you. He's going to speak those things. And he's going to declare it into our lives, either directly or indirectly. Uh, to us. Now, I want to read this last part to you. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And knows his last part, and he will tell you things to come. Now, when he tells you, when he says this, one of the first points that stands out is this something coming. Something is coming. Well, Pastor, I'm going to stop it from coming. Well, you can try. He just tell you, no, since God is omnipotent, he knows everything and he knows uh, everything. <laughs> he knows everything, right? He knows something coming, right? So I'm going to tell you what's coming. Now, Pastor, that's coming for my brother and sister. Life. No, something coming to you. 
as a believer. Something's coming. The advantage we have as born-again believers, okay, okay, thank you, Lord. I, I like that. Now, everybody got something that's going to come in their life. Everybody, saved or unsaved, everybody got something that's coming. The advantage we have is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth is there to show us what's coming our way. So in turn, before we read what I'm going to read, we can be prepared. This is what I, I must do. I must take heed to what he's preparing. So in turn, I won't be knocked off my feet or act like all brand new. No, those people said, think it not strange as the fiery trial that may come towards you, as some strange thing happened to you. You're like, hold on, didn't I warn you this was coming? Why in the world are you act like you going, why you stop praying now because I told, because it's happening now. Why can't you give me glory because that's happening now? Why can't you magnify me because it's happening now? Why can't you, listen, good God Almighty. Are y'all seeing what it's saying right here? We cannot pretend like nothing's going to happen that's coming our way. So the spirit of truth will not only minister to our everyday needs, but will tell us things to come. Those things are to come into being. Those are going to come forth. Those things are going to show itself in a timely manner. Those things that are on their way that's going to become known to us. The Holy Spirit will not allow things to slip up on us. If we listen to the Holy Spirit, remember what we talked about earlier. God has godly facts for our own personal life. He says, I'm warning you in advance. Listen, I know what I told that person sitting beside you, but you know what I'm telling you tonight. You know exactly what I'm telling you tonight. So you don't pretend like, well, you know he's talking to somebody else. No, he's talking to all of us. All of us. And so he's warning us about what's coming our way. So he shows us the things that things that are coming. First of all, let me say this to you. It's up to us to listen to his guidance. He shows us things that are coming in our direction, and he prepares us for the arrival. We can become distracted, tend to miss the signs, and we are less prepared to handle the situation. For example, he may be ready to elevate us, but we are too distracted to stay in his presence and his word. We may be facing a fiery trial. But we let that fiery trial consume us rather than the Holy Spirit guiding us. Boy, and that's sad. Now, let me say this to you before I go further. Let me go ahead and just put it on the table out here. I have been distracted by fiery trials before. I'm talking about me, Richard Dobbs, Pastor Dobbs, uh, Richard D. Dobbs, 918. I'm talking about me. I've been distracted by fiery trials. What I'm trying to do is teach us all so you don't fall like I did. So the next time when the fiery trial comes our way, we won't be prepared for it. We ain't going to let the enemy just cause us to lose our, listen, lose focus on what God is doing in our life because a fiery trial is in our life right now. He didn't say the fiery trial wasn't going to come. He just said we're going to be better prepared. Oh, God, that's good right there. Whew. I should have the title of that. We're going to be better prepared this time. Whoo, tell somebody we're going to be better prepared this time. Whoo, in fact, find you two or three people telling them we're going to be better prepared this time. 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 This time, this time, this time, this time. All right, now, let, let me finish this up. For example, he may, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. We are, we can become distracted. We tend to miss the sign and less prepared to handle the situation. For example, he may be ready to elevate us, but we're too distracted to stay in his presence and his word. We may be facing a fiery trial, but we let the fiery trial consume us rather than the Holy Spirit guide us. Man, I hear that in my spirit right now. We'll be better prepared this time, y'all. We're going to be better prepared this time. Mm. Boy, that's something that's ringing in my spirit right now. We're going to be better prepared this time. Write that on top of your sheet. Write it on the side somewhere. Write it on the bottom somewhere. But we're going to be better prepared this time. 
Hallelujah to God. We're going to be praying better. We're going to be giving better. We're going to be fasting better. We're going to be anointed better. We're going to be better prepared this time. This time. This time. We might have missed it last time, but this time. We may have came a little short last time, but this time. This too. This time we're going to receive our heart's desire. This too. Amen. We're going to get what God has prepared for. This too. We're going to get the desires of our heart. This time we're going to have everything that God wants us to have in the name of Jesus. Tell somebody we're going to be better prepared this time. Ooh, tell like you really made tell I'm going to be better prepared this time. Tell them one more time, I am going to be better prepared this time. Mm-mm. Now let me finish this up. When we take heed, we pray in a more effective way. We give more intentionally. We fast with purpose. And we look for a word to help us deal with what's coming our way. When we do that, we're not easily moved by what comes our way. We're not easily moved by the enemy because we're steadfast and immovable because the Lord has showed us things to come. The Holy Spirit will keep us from being moved so easily. I'm done. Stand in your feet. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.